Because remember, AIP didn't exist. And and so it had really a great theory behind it, which is let's take out everything that could be potentially inflammatory, also the easiest thing to do, and have everybody start on a clean slate. But we found out that that is actually not the case because humans have viruses and bacterial infections and stress and they're exposed to different kinds of chemicals. And so that's constantly moving everybody's needle. So we have to look at it case by case. Facts do not have opinions. Just don't let perfection be the enemy of the good. Self-love is really about self-respect. Welcome to The Whole View. I'm Stacy Toth of Real Everything. I'm here each week to dive deeper into how we can find happiness and health inside and out through self-love, body positivity, and discovering new ways to be our best selves. This week on the podcast, we have Jessica of The Loving Diet. And before we get started, I want to give you a reminder that this podcast is for general education purposes. While Jessica is a clinical nutritionist, she is not yours. So we always suggest seeking appropriate treatment with licensed professionals accordingly. That said... Jessica does take one-on-one appointments and exploratory calls, as well as working with those on self-compassion and disordered eating. And I'll put a link in the show notes to where you can find her course, or you can work with her at thelovingdiet.com and on social at The Loving Diet. Welcome, Jessica, to The Whole View. Thank you. Hi, Stacey. It's great to be here. I am really excited to have you on the podcast because I think a lot of listeners might know of your work. And if they don't, they are going to hear about it and fall in love on the show. I want to introduce some of them, whether they know you or not. I think your background is really relative and important to the conversation we're going to have today. So you are no newbie to clinical nutrition. Going back to before I graduated high school, 1997, I'm going to say. I always joke about age on the show. And I, I don't know if you keep up with TikTok trends, but the newest like TikTok thing is, is calling old people, you know, Back from the late 1900s, <laughs> and anytime I see like 1990 anything, I'm like, oh gosh. So 25 years, in other words, you've focused on functional nutrition and look through the lens of root cause for your clients, which I think we can all identify with and really appreciate. And of course, over that time, your practice has evolved to align with more current published clinical research. Again, kudos, high five. We appreciate all these things. And ultimately specializing in personalized gut restoration that can cause symptoms like food and histamine sensitivity and digestive distress. Say that three times fast. Many clients also have autoimmune conditions, which I think is where a lot of our listeners might have heard your work before, whether, you know, It's an autoimmune condition itself or something like IBS or SIBO that can cause skin issues, food intolerances. You are helping people look for deeper answers than just take these supplements. (laughs) So I know your work has been recognized a lot all over the world doing a lot of conferences and podcasts, the Autoimmune Summit, 
Conscious Eating Summit, Empowered Autoimmune Mastermind, Professional Women's Weight and Wellness Symposium, the Microbiome Medicine Conference, and lots of other podcasts. So if listeners want to find more of your work, they can just Google you, Jessica Flanagan, or The Loving Diet, and find more of your work. But for those listeners who aren't yet familiar, can you tell us a little more about yourself, maybe what I missed, and what brings you to where you are today? Thank you for that amazing introduction. So I am Jessica, and I'm a clinical nutritionist. And yes, I'm a Gen Xer who is sliding into menopause as we speak. So that's the age bracket. So I've been doing this for a while, and my practice has been clinical nutrition really at the inception of functional medicine. And also, I got into the world that I'm in now because I have an identical twin sister who was diagnosed with two autoimmune diseases about 12 years ago. And the first thing she said was, you know, you're a nutritionist, what should I do? And at that period of time, we both went on Datisse Karazian's The Reparavite Diet. I don't know if any anybody has heard of that one. And she felt better. And that was really how it opened the door into the world of autoimmune paleo. And initially, her thyroid markers really improved, and she improved. And I decided I should go on it as well, because as an identical twin, I have all of the genetic components for that. And then as I'm sure many people who are listening, you know, there's not one diet that's right for everybody. And so over the years, we have been tinkering and customizing and also just looking at all of the lab testing that's come forward, which is pretty astounding for finding root cause. Like the definition of how we find root cause in 2020 is different than how we found root cause in 2012. So my practice has been a private practice one-on-one, but in that I've been developing groups to help manage a lot of the things that have been happening with people wanting to take a different perspective to hard things. And that has really evolved me to study self-compassion in the last few years. And actually right now I'm at Stanford and I'm in the their compassion certification program. And I'll be done with that in just a few months. And in that place and being a student there in the applied compassion training program, I was able to run my own study of how self-compassion helps with eating disorders. So I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about that. So I've been busy looking at all the research and studying this, and it's been a really amazing, fun-filled journey so far. I have so many thoughts and questions, and I'm going to try to stay on topic, but I just, for a moment, want to acknowledge you are in a course you didn't even know existed. Can you share what the compassion work that, or the education that you're getting is about? Like, I've never heard of that before. It is a, 
it's at Stanford School of Medicine, and it's called the C-Care Program. And Dr. Dottie is a neurosurgeon who started this compassion program after working with the Dalai Lama and seeing that people can become compassion teachers, and it's a pretty straightforward way to do that, learning mindfulness and self-compassion techniques. Kristen Neff wrote the self-compassion book, which I highly recommend. But this program is a little bit different in that Stanford is bringing in people who are already established in their field and want to create an outward-facing program to change the world. So everybody who comes into the program is required to develop and run a program that is rooted in compassion, that is really adhering to their profession. And because I'm a nutritionist, because I wrote the book, The Loving Diet, because of most of the people who are probably listening today on your podcast, I created this program because I saw so many people struggling and I couldn't find a program. I could not find one self-compassion program for disordered eating from people who are recovering from restricted diets. And so I created one and I now at Stanford with their help, I'm learning compassion skills, but then I'm also learning about how to run a study and how to go out into the world and offer this. It's been really amazing. I, yeah, it is amazing. I'm super impressed and I want to learn more about that program from the perspective of like how this could apply to so many different spaces and how important it is. I've learned so much myself about this important as it relates to parenting and interpersonal relationships in my life because of the training I've done in foster care. And I think all of that work could be described very similarly, like what you're talking about, right? Like applying compassion with a lot of the different things. And so I, I, I'm super impressed by that. Had no idea anything like that existed. I'm so glad you mentioned it so we could explore it a little bit. And I think it also applies, not surprisingly, to a social media post that I made yesterday. I tagged you in it as we were kind of anticipating this discussion. And one of the comments on that post was that a lot of this alternative work or functional medicine work or compassion work, however we want to, you know, describe this more in-depth emotional aspects and root cause and, you know, the the work that is beyond just, you know, go change your diet and, and exercise kind of rhetoric that a lot of people get when they say, you know, they don't feel well to a standard medical practitioner is found to be inaccessible to most Americans and difficult to even find resources for and all of these kinds of things. So I'm super excited that there is this work to know that it's expanding at an educational level and that other practitioners can incorporate that into their work because I do think that that's essential to a broad change on how people feel overall holistically with a w right like it's 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 interesting to me as as we dive into this topic how very appropriate that is all right any any other thoughts on that before we move on because i've <laughs> clearly taken us on a side tangent but i swear it's relevant listeners <laughs> it, it's yeah you you said you said it incredibly well okay So I personally was introduced to you from a much different perspective of your work, and that's because I found you more recently. And I do want to talk about 
your work years ago and kind of what you've learned through that period because I think it's very relative and that journey is one I myself have taken over the past couple of years and our our community is always trying to know better so they can do better and I think a lot of our listeners are going to be familiar with AIP listeners if you haven't heard of the autoimmune protocol or autoimmune paleo abbreviated AIP in either case definitely we'll put some link links in the show notes for you. But I wonder if, Jessica, you can give just kind of a very broad base, high level, what that work looked like for you with, you know, as you said, you were exploring it with your sister, but then obviously started applying it to clients and and in your work years ago. Yeah. So probably thousand one-on-one consultations with people who were interested in going on AIP, went, were on AIP, and it evolved over time. Originally, it was a lot of people who said, I really want help. This sounds really promising. Can you help me? And then I would say maybe one year into it, it started to become, I can't get off this diet. I'm really scared. Can you help me? And so my, my lessons in the world of AIP were really brought to me by my clients who very vulnerably shared their own experiences. And I worked really hard to meet them where they were at. I was really surprised and shocked at first because people were coming and struggling emotionally. And I had not experienced anything like that, although I'd never really worked with people to that level of restriction. What happened along with people's feedback is I started to see stool tests. And I saw, and that was before, you know, when AIP started, it was before we had a lot of amazing root cause tests that we have now. Back in ye olden of, days, I like to refer to exactly, it. <laughs> exactly. So we have stool tests now. We map the microbiome. You know, we, we have so much at our fingertips that we didn't at the start of AIP. And this none of this conversation is to discredit how many people have gotten better, gotten their lives back, are thriving on it. We're really speaking to, you know, people who felt scared and uncertain when it didn't work and they thought that they were doing the right thing. So I'd say that I really saw two things. My clients gave me feedback about their experience and about how emotionally dysregulated they were because of the stress of trying to manage a restrictive diet for so long. Things like how do I go out to socialize with my friends? How do I have meals with my family? You know, how do I talk about this with my doctor? The other piece of this was I started to see stool tests that were really alarming. The bacterial populations in the gut back then, when we could see it, were going way down when people were on AIP. I started to see that these really great populations, for instance, like bifidobacteria, that's really regulating to the secretory IgA, were going down. I saw people's secretory IgA and their stool tests go down. Secretory IgA's sort of like what I tell people, it's sort of like a gas tank measurement to see the strength of the immune system at the gut mucosal level. And I was like, wait, what's happening? This is supposed to be helping everybody. And when I added those two things together, that was when I came out and I started to talk about it. 
which was very challenging professionally and personally because a lot of people were upset that I was saying things. Yeah, I can imagine. And I think what I appreciated about the words and the approach that you said both here and, you know, on the resources and all the things that I was reading to prepare for the show is that it's never been, you know, if something is working for you to stop doing it, it's to inform yourself that if, you know, you hit a wall, there are other areas to explore from whether it be a lifestyle perspective, which is something, you know, we've talked in the show about for years, in addition to using science and testing to validate what is happening in the body, which we've also talked about for years, right? And so I love that the approach is, you know, you you do the best you can until you know better. And if you're taking, you know, feedback and experiences from thousands of people, clients and, you know, others on the internet who, you know, are experiencing frustrations as a clinician looking to support these people, it is your responsibility to try to find a solution to that. And the solution might be something different than what works for somebody else. And I think that's, that's been like the difficulty that I've had in this gray area in the space between anti-diet and, you know, following your own intuition in terms of like listening to your body. I don't, I don't want to call it any sort of like protocol or prescription or do this or don't do that because it's not as simple as like do this thing and follow these rules. It really, really is a about people needing to get to the root of their own things and then find what works for them. And unfortunately, we can't bottle that. Unfortunately, we can't sell that prescription, right? And therefore, it becomes this problem in the space and people have a hard time not understanding like the list and the dogma. I'm assuming that that has been hard for you as well. As you said, like people were, were speaking out against you. And that's really unfortunate because I think that what you're talking about is consistent with what Sarah and I have been saying about this for many, many years, which is like, you need to listen to your body, you know, and this is not meant to be a life, a lifetime approach. The goal is to help heal your body well enough to kind of like move back into reintroductions. And we want your microbiome to flourish and all these kinds of things, right? And you just, I think, said the magic sentence, which is listen to your body. And that's the piece that when I started talking about this, there was no research really behind that. And now there is. And so that key word or that key key statement there is there's a lot of people trying to listen to their body. And when you get diagnosed with something that's terrifying, that might kill you that changes your life forever, your stress goes up and listening to your body, which is what's called introceptive awareness, is shifted. So it actually becomes almost impossible for people who are highly traumatized, have a high A score, maybe have PTSD from their doctor's interactions trying to get an autoimmune diagnosis that their introceptive awareness, their ability to interpret accurately signals in their body goes down. So we have a whole bunch of people trying the best they can to do a certain way of eating properly, and they don't know how to interpret the signals correctly. And it's not because they did anything wrong. 
And I think that's really important because that was the message that a lot of people got, especially on AIP Facebook groups that were moderated with people who had everybody's best interests in mind, but it didn't translate that. And so people were told, you know, you have to just do the diet. But what happened is, is that they were trying their best to listen to their body and they couldn't. And, and so this is this piece that we can talk about today that's brand new. And now we have research behind it. Now we have hundreds and hundreds of studies that look at orthorexia, that look at what happens when people go on restricted diets, how a high ACE score is related to low introceptive awareness, which is, remember, listening to your body, listening to the signals and interpreting them correctly. And that's the part when I was struggling personally, that research wasn't invented yet, but now people have started to do studies and it's all published. So it's, it's, a, it's a, I think everyone can start sighing a little bit more of a relief here because there are things that are filling in the blanks. This podcast is sponsored by Just Thrive with a new product I am so excited about. You've heard me talk about their probiotic for years. I recommend it to all of my skincare clients because your gut health impacts literally everything inside and out, including your well-being and your mood. And now Just Thrive has a brand new product that represents a revolutionary new approach to uplifting your mood, your mind naturally with Just Calm which has been clinically proven in multiple studies to help reduce perceived stress, balance cortisol, improve sleep quality, and even encourage focus and flow. Ever the questioner, when I read this, I immediately went and looked into the sources to understand the mechanism why. Just Calm contains B. longum 1714, which in studies has been found to modulate resting neural activity that correlated with enhanced vitality and reduced mental fatigue. I don't know about you, but I'm down with that. And it modulated neural responses during social stress, which may be involved in the activation of brain coping centers to counter-regulate negative emotions. I just ordered myself and the kids some. It is noted as appropriate for eight years and up to go with my daily award-winning Just Thrive probiotic. Their spore-based probiotic is also clinically proven with more human health research than any other probiotic products out there. And it has a survival rate in your gut greater than 99.9% of other probiotics on the market that die off when they hit your stomach acid. Plus, Just Thrive is vegan-friendly, gluten-free, dairy-free, histamine-free, non-GMO. Both the probiotic and Just Calm make the perfect one-two punch. I share these because they are backed by real, scientifically proven results to help you be the best you. And right now, you can get 15% off this dynamic duo when you go to justthrivehealth.com and use code THEWHOLEVIEW at checkout. Honestly and sincerely, this is the only probiotic I have ever seen make a difference in my skin and digestion. To try it, get 15% off when you go to justthrivehealth.com and use code THEWHOLEVIEW. That includes bundles and subscription. I love that you mentioned a score. I want to just kind of like highlight that for listeners that refers to adverse childhood experiences. And I actually have the 
ahead of the ACE network scheduled on the podcast in the future, because it does absolutely create not just emotional, but physical illness in the body. And I know one of the other comments that we got on social was saying that this is dangerous to refer to those kinds of things that are not backed in science. And so I just want to kind of remind people that Anything that we talk about here on the show, I do put scientific references in the show notes, and it also relates to other things that we talk about. So if you're kind of curious about that, we will be having a show coming up that dives into specifically ACE trauma and what that looks like and who it's in and, and all those definitions, but you can certainly take take that quiz yourself also on the internet it's like what is your a score is is owned by that nonprofit organization to help you determine how you might be impacted by that in your own physical well-being and i know jessica we're going to kind of like dive more into that in our later show next yeah. week are you comfortable kind of moving to how you started incorporating some of these things that you were seeing into your practice if we sure. move forward a little okay so one of the things that you wrote years ago that really kind of stuck with me as you were talking about who who was coming to you and the difficulties that they were having so you said my crowd is down to 15 people they've been on AIP for a year or more they have you know multiple practitioners or have gone through multiple practitioners and still are not getting better. In fact, they're getting diagnosed with more autoimmune diseases and diet and stress reduction only being one part of their getting better was causing you to kind of like look overall bigger picture. And so you had said you were noticing that AIP was becoming a crutch. And I want to I want to list the things that you have listed here and what that means. Like don't just for listeners, don't just freak out and assume. Hopefully you're staying open to listening by that intent, which again, I think I personally believe this is 100% the case that we would all want people to evaluate these these sort of things that that you spoke about so you said one when there's more going on that food can fix AIP becomes a crutch not a cure and I think that's really important and hopefully you know you can speak to to all these two foods that are AIP approved might be provoking an immune response for the individual three you are not looking at what you believe about your life and the role of your disease in that equation. And I think that's where, you know, you were talking earlier about, you know, living life and being social and the impact that that can have on our bodies as a stressor. And four, you have trauma in one way or another. So this ACE score, so to speak, that we were talking about, whether it be physical or emotional, is still perpetuating an immune response in your system. You actually noted years ago that you have trauma physical perpetuating an immune response in your system. And I added emotional because I know that's where you've evolved since this was written. But also I think because basic things like emotional wellness, when it comes to depression and anxiety are huge factors at preventing healing. And I put a, a link in the show, show notes for people to look at how science has shown this for a very long time. And we know this to be the case because if we look at things like our adrenal function and HPA axis, if you are in fight or flight mode, your body 
is focused on that, not on healing. And so, you know, I just want to kind of like give that perspective to our listeners when we think about your number four saying that you have trauma. It could also just be, you know, the the fear or the worry that people have about taxes and different kinds of things. It doesn't have to be, you know, a severe like childhood trauma, even that could be perpetuating an immune response. So I know I've personally realized this about myself since fostering in the past two years. And when I removed caffeine from my diet, which I'll note, caffeine is not anti-AIP, right? Like you can have caffeine on AIP, but caffeine was the thing that really kept me from healing because my body was in fight or flight and I had unresolved trauma. And so once I kind of addressed those things, a lot came together for me in terms of my health and the food restrictions and all these kinds of things that I swore I would never be able to let go of in my life fell away. And now I'm so much more happy. And I am also like the person in my house who did not get COVID this week. Like my husband has been testing positive for COVID all week long and my body successfully fought that off. And I totally attribute it to this growth that I've had in my own life and the release of that tension, being able to strengthen my own immune system. So I love all this and I would love for you to kind of like dive in and explain a little bit more about what you meant because I know I can't speak for you, but I just, I, I loved it and identified with it so much. Well, the as perfect of a diet that we can have, even if we were to completely customize it for somebody and say, let's map your microbiome, let's look at what your stealth infections are, let's look at what you, you any food intolerances or allergies are, let's look at dysbiosis, let's let's do a hundred percent of it. That's a wonderful thing to be able to customize it for people. And then there's the other piece, which is the underlying things, which are often driven in our unconscious, which is what is it that you believe about yourself in relation to the experience that you've had in your life? So for instance, a lot of people who might be dealing with something, some chronic health issue might feel that they are broken or that they have to try really, really hard to heal or that they're unfixable no matter how much of a diet and, and however much we might be able to repair our leaky gut, that still is alive and true inside of us until we transform it into something different. So I think that, that there's that part that we're sort of, at least I'm touching in on, that we need to address because it's the non, that's a non-physical piece. The other thing is, is general stress is, is pretty huge. Like you're talking about being a mom, you know, the world health organization determined that there was a 25% increase in anxiety and depression for everybody during the pandemic. That's just because we were in a pandemic. So there is personal trauma but there's also living in the world that we live in that is creating a lot more stress also. Yeah, I think I referred to it as collective trauma, right? Like we're, we're all kind of going through it, but having different lived experiences. Obviously, my experience living with an essential worker is different than someone else's experience who, you know, didn't have that or my kids stayed home for virtual school someone whose kids went to school or a person who 
you know, was a nurse and their lived experience through that, like it's uh, all, all of us are very different, but collectively the trauma of the pandemic has certainly affected all of us. And I see it in many people that I talk to who are understanding and, and feeling those things themselves and finding it difficult to manage their health in this time of, you know what I mean? Like this, this, yeah. this weird kind of limbo we're in. And at the same time, I think there are some of us who like I went through the pandemic and did so much work while I was in it just because we started fostering and all of this kind of happened at the same time that now I feel like I'm experiencing something called post-traumatic growth, which is like, I went through all that stuff. And now instead of kind of being in that negative pool of those feelings, it's caused me to kind of like re-examine and, and reevaluate. And I do think that how I feel currently is physically is also tied to those emotions. I will say one of the things that you talked a lot about before that I think is really relevant, especially related to the testing and all the other things that you were talking about is this potential for co-infections and different kinds of things that happen in the body that could be triggering autoimmune that no amount of perfect diet can heal. And I think one of the things that really resonated with me, in fact, I shouted out loud as I was reading it on your blog and I was like, yes, exactly. You said that tired adrenal gland protocol you read on your favorite bloggers website is actually CMV or EBV in the adrenal gland and no amount of adaptogenic herbs or nutrient dense foods will heal that. So can you give a little context for what you meant for that and for our listeners, <laughs> why I was over here being like, yes. <laughs> well, we want to feel better. So people will reach for the thing that seems easy and close and affordable. So oftentimes just sort of dealing with our adrenal glands, which in of itself, I don't want to just sort of label that because it's a lot more complex than me just saying adrenal fatigue, but we will go towards the thing that is the easiest, the low hanging fruit and taking an adrenal tonic or an adrenal supplement for a lot of us is a low hanging fruit where really the harder thing is an Epstein-Barr infection. So what happened is when I started looking at people's stool tests again, back in with AIP, I started to see people's secretory IgA go down. And I was like, wait a minute, everybody's eating nutrient dense. They're removing inflammation. Why is their secretory IgA go down? And I saw people getting caught in sort of like this vicious cycle where the, their stress hormones were suppressing their secretory IgA in their, in their gut. And then what was then happening is, is that that sort of lowers, remember, it's like a gas tank. The, the, ga the mucosal immune gas tank gauge go goes down as we restrict our diet and we decrease diversity. And that made people more susceptible for having viruses come in. So people kind of got caught in this weird loop and they didn't know how to get out of it. And that was the part that I saw, which was all of my clients were already taking cortisol supplements and they were still feeling exhausted, tired, and they started reacting to more foods. A lot of them became histamine intolerant. I mean, it was, it was like a, a perfect storm.
This podcast is sponsored by Vegamore. Yes, the hair products that promote healthy growth that I have been using, loving, and obsessed with for over a year now. I hadn't been able to have healthy hair growth since I was postpartum with Wesley over 12 years ago. And between autoimmune and long haulers, my shedding was out of control. I was seeing huge clumps of hair everywhere. I know I'm not alone. Hair loss happens as a result from aging, from anxiety and lack of sleep, from nutrient deficiencies, and even prior hair care products or environmental stressors. I found Vegamore searching for the cleanest ingredients and proven results, and it was the only brand that met my standards. Clinically tested to improve density up to 52%, reduce shedding by 76%, and 91% of customers say that they saw visibly thicker hair with Vegamore in just three months. And after 15 months, I have the hair of my dreams. Their holistic approach to hair health uses smart botanicals that promote visibly thicker, fuller, longer looking hair without the use of harmful chemicals. All their products are cruelty free and never contain parabens. Seriously, Vegamore has transformed my hair. And they have something for everyone looking to improve their hair health, including a new Grow Ageless to help control grays. I use the Grow Revitalizing Shampoo and Conditioner Foundation Kit as well as their dry shampoo. It all smells so good using only fruit oils, no synthetic fragrances. Just massage the shampoo into your scalp for 60 seconds and then follow up with conditioner. It's simple as that. I also really like the Clarifying Serum, which is used before washing to help improve scalp health and helps to remove buildup. I put all of my favorites for you at vegamore.com slash whole view, and there is no risk when trying because they have a 90-day money-back guarantee. So get the hair that you have always wanted with Vegamore. Go to vegamore.com slash whole view and use code whole view to save 20% on your first order. They also have discounted subscription options you can change at any time. That's actually what I do. That's V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R dot com slash whole view, code whole view to save 20% at vegamore.com slash whole view. This podcast is sponsored by Felix Gray, who makes effective research-backed blue light glasses. Y'all always want to know where I get my stylish frames, and now you can get your own at felixgrayglasses.com slash wholeview. Yes, I wear glasses daily. No, I do not have a prescription, but I strongly believe that wearing these have helped my eye health, preventing the need for any glasses at the age of 41. If you're listening to this podcast, you're exposed to blue light period. We actually did a deep dive in episode 302 and there is a ton of science about how disruptive and harmful the light emitted from electronic devices are for our eyes and overall health. So if you're spending time staring at your phone, tablet, computer, TV, or other devices, especially at night, you may find yourself having some of the common symptoms like headaches, blurry vision, dry, tired eyes, and trouble sleeping. And exposure to blue light at night can lower the production of melatonin, the hormone that regulates sleep. Felix Grey is different from other brands because they filter up to 15 times more of the most impactful blue light than other clear lenses. Nine out of 10 customers experience relief from eye strain, headaches, and or blurry vision when using them, and I am definitely one. 
you can protect yourself and make an amazing fashion statement with lenses that deflect blue light. I have the classic Jemisons in Whiskey Tortoise and the Librarian Esque Hopper in Manhattan Fade, both since 2019, and they're still going strong. My newer ones are Volta in the clear panorama color for a subtle effect that goes with everything, even if I have on bold eye makeup. To get the best blue light glasses on the market, use my URL, felixgrayglasses.com slash whole view. You can get a prescription or non-prescription lenses are available. Check them out now at felixgrayglasses.com slash whole view. Free shipping, free returns, free exchanges. That's F-E-L-I-X-G-R-A-Y glasses.com slash whole view. I think the idea of seeing people become more resistant to foods, so to speak, right, like having less tolerance of things that previously they were fine with is one that really blows my mind because it goes against everything that we're learning about the protocol, right? If we're doing things as we should be, right, with quotation marks, then we should be seeing an improvement in terms of our limitations and restrictions on food. We can then expect to get on the reintroduction phase where some of the foods that we've been restricting, we can now reintroduce. And so when we see that people are having the opposite effect and in fact are not able to reintroduce and are having to eliminate more and more foods, that idea of the mechanism of like what is happening there is one that I I would love to kind of explore with you in terms of what have you seen as either the cause or the solution and yeah I just I I feel for people right I hear from people so often like I'm doing everything right I'm following everything exactly as it should be and I'm getting worse what's happening to me Yes, and I'll just say, too, I really want to acknowledge people who feel angry about this process, that they scored an A on the AIP test. They did everything correctly, (laughs) and they were like, wait, wait, I feel, you know, what happened? That now I'm worse than I was before. I regret going on this. And the part of this issue with oral tolerance related to that is that we're still figuring it out. We're still learning. I mean, if you go on PubMed, which is a way to look at published journal article abstracts, you aren't going to find a ton about oral tolerance, specifically in the gut, because that's still an emerging field. So what we know is that there's a lot of things that cause or suppress the secretory IgA cells in the, in, in the intestinal immunity in the gut. We know that bacteria in the gut, so like let's say, for instance, you get food poisoning, that, bac- that bacteria is going to be in your gut and it produces endotoxins. Endotoxins are going to lower your tolerance and that's going to lower diversity in the gut. So we're seeing these patterns. So I'd say we're looking more at patterns right now, at least I am in the research, than for sure research. And that's why when 
gosh, I mean, it's probably been three years now that I haven't really been putting people on AIP, probably four that I was like, wait, I don't actually know. So because I don't know for sure that this diet isn't going to make somebody worse in the long run, I'm going to just say, I can't put you on it because we don't have enough research. Because remember, AIP didn't exist. And, and so it had really a great theory behind it, which is let's take out everything that could be potentially inflammatory also the easiest thing to do and have everybody start on a clean slate. But we found out that that is actually not the case because humans have viruses and bacterial infections and stress and they're exposed to different kinds of chemicals. And so that's constantly moving everybody's needle. So we have to look at it case by case. We have to look at oral tolerance case by case. And I tell people, start out with a stool test it's affordable. It gives you a lot of really great information of where to take the first step and then modify your diet from there. One of the questions that I hear most often when we talk about working with practitioners who would both do a stool test or review a stool test is access, like the difficulty in finding someone who will work with them or the affordability of that. I'm wondering if you have a recommendation of, of what you've seen. Is that something that you do or that you work with practitioners who are able to do that? Do you know what? I, am I, am I being clear? I'm wondering if yeah. how, how you would suggest someone go about finding a practitioner to work with them on that. You can purchase stool tests online now through a lot of online marketplaces. And it, I, I have felt like because the market, there's more testing out there, the prices have are lower. I, I do test people and I am a really big on affordability. So I don't mark up anything that I do because so many people are upset that when they go to a functional medicine doctor, it's $5,000 out of the pocket. And the functional medicine doctors are just doing template medicine. I personally don't do that. I do everything from scratch. It takes longer. It's way more involved. But I've been in this world and in this field long enough to know that finding people that you can really trust, including myself included, I want to find people I can trust, is for me, the most important thing and living, really giving quality care that's affordable. So yes, people can get many of these tests all by themselves. I love that. Thank you. And I know we're going to have kind of deeper conversation on some of the work that you've been doing now. So we, you know, kind of talked about the work that you did and the intent behind that and, and all of that kind of stuff. And I think that there's a, a huge opportunity for the work that you're currently doing at Stanford and what you've seen as you've continued to work with clients that we want to dive more into. And I knew that we wouldn't have enough time to talk about both in one show. So it'll be next week. But before we leave, I like to always, um, help our listeners with recommendations that can have them 
walk away with something positive, an actionable suggestion or something they can implement to improve their own well-being. And I'm curious if you, you know, met someone in an elevator who asked for, you know, what are three things that they could do to improve their health, what would it be? The first thing I would recommend is to ask yourself this question, what is here for my benefit? No matter how hard, challenging, or scary life can be, along with our life circumstances, there's something there for you. And that's not a question that our culture encourages us to ask. We are a fix-it culture. But there is something there for you. So that's the first thing that I recommend. The second thing is to consider this. Everything that you need to accomplish everything that you would like in your life is already built inside of you at this moment, a completely free toolkit because everyone got born with a heart. And what would it look like and feel like if you took that question and you were to answer it? Like, oh, wow, what is it like for me to look at my life knowing that I have a toolkit inside of me that can handle everything? How does that make me feel? Oftentimes that can just help people's immune system get better. And then the third thing, practical speaking, is a stool test is a really great place to start. It's just a fantastic, good information. It's like a little Polaroid picture of what's going on inside your gut. So I think those are the first three things that I would suggest. That's a great question, by the way. Thank you. And I, I like your answers. And listeners, we are going to put a link to resources in the show notes for you. And Jessica, I would love if you have like recommendations of stool tests and, you know, more information about potentially working with you on that. We'll put all of that in the show notes for you listeners. Every time you say stool test, I think about like the memes that came out years ago when they first started offering them. (laughs) And last night I was watching a show and they were like hunting and they were picking up animal poop and sniffing it and like, oh, he's been in the whatever berries. And (laughs) I was just like, we've been using, we've been using stool tests for a long time. Yeah. I get super weird about poop. I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm currently (laughs) blushing and really uncomfortable. I don't know why I have such a problem with it, but it is a great, like, communicator. You know, it tells us so much, even not with a test. Like, you look in the toilet and see if you have good digestion, you know? Like, it's very basic understanding of, of our health. So as uncomfortable as it makes me, I get it. Yes. And also, Stacey, if I could, is it okay if I just share one more thing of about course. this conversation? Yeah. Right, right before the pandemic started, when people were still meeting in person for conferences, I did a presentation at a microbiome conference about orthorexia and restrictive diets. That was when I was having to really believe in myself to be okay to start talking about what you and I are talking about today in the public realm. It was really scary for me. When I did that conference, I had hundreds of people come up to me and say, I'm relieved, I'm thankful. Some people were in tears, doctors and people who are suffering from autoimmune disease saying, this is so important. I'm talking about this with my clients in secret because there's so much marketing that says this is how it should be done. 
And so I just want to say I'm really appreciative that you're having this conversation because three years ago it was still happening underground. And now we're really talking about it here in this podcast. And I know a lot of people will just feel relieved that they're being heard and that there's a lot of options that are coming out and we're learning so much. Well, I appreciate the work that you're doing to help us all learn and being vulnerable enough to, you know, kind of put yourself out there and talk about this before it was understood and and also from the perspective of the backlash and, and all that kind of stuff. And I think what really has always been the message in the wellness space that I exist, at least that I choose to exist, is that we are all doing the best that we can to help people feel the best that they can. And that might look different for somebody else. And that's okay, right? That we can all choose to exist in our own experiences of what works for us. And sometimes what works for us for 10 years stops working. And it could be because of a virus. It could be because of an environmental toxin. It could be because of genetics just at that point in your life. Or it could be because it just stopped working and we don't know. (laughs) And if we are only ascribed to the idea of, but this worked for me before, but this worked for me before, then we're never going to be able to kind of transcend to the next level of wellness where we can feel good again, because we're going to be stuck on this idea of, but it worked for me 10 years ago. That doesn't help you today. I love the phrase, what got us here today is not what's going to get us where we want to go tomorrow. And I think that applies in so many different ways. I I use that phrase a lot in leadership with my team and, you know, different things like that. But I, I think that it really applies to health and wellness as well, because I know what got me to, you know, my late teens wasn't the same thing that got me to my late 20s, wasn't the the thing that got me in my 30s. And now that I'm in my 40s, I feel very differently because I've learned so much from all of those experiences. I'm taking in that information, I'm taking in science, and I'm opening myself to learning and growing. And I think that if someone has a problem with that, it stems from this idea of having built their foundation, their values, their their core beliefs on an idea. And there's like this, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but there's a, a graphic that looks like a house, right? And if, for example, someone's core belief is that they need... AIP diet to help their immune system function properly. That's their core belief. And you're working with them and you're seeing in their test results that, you know, their restrictions of things that they're eating or whatever it might be no longer is working for them because you're seeing changes in their body that show either inflammation is up or, you know, the gut microbiome is no longer ideal or, you know, you're, you're looking at evidence and science to say, hey, what it is that you're doing at the moment is not working for you right now. Let's evaluate what we could do. The problem is, is that their core belief is built on this idea that like, but it does work for me. And so if you take that foundation away, the whole house has to be rebuilt. And that is something that is really difficult and something that we talk a lot about in um, trauma 
work in terms of people, right? Because a lot of core beliefs are built in a very maladaptive sort of way. If you think about it from the perspective of like, I'm not safe at home, right? Like if that's a core belief that someone has, then when they go to a home that is safe, they still have that core belief that they've built their entire value system around. And now if you try to say, no, no, you are, you are safe in this home, then they have to rebuild their, their whole foundation. So it's, it's something that I've done a lot of work around. And when I think about it applied to dietary reasons, I see why some people feel very passionately about it being problematic that you might say something that goes against their core belief because it feels like more than just that thing that is working for them or did work for them that you're taking it away. It's actually like they feel like the whole house crumbles and they have to rebuild it when in fact you're not saying that the whole house is a problem. You're just saying like right now in this moment, this foundation isn't for you, which is hard to hear if it's part of a core belief that someone's built up. Correct. So then it brings up the, how do we change core beliefs and how do we recognize the way that we eat is a, is a form of keeping us safe or keeping us in control from really scary, hard, traumatic things happening again, perhaps. Yes. And we are going to dive into that. And listeners, you will be able to listen to that next week. And I want to remind you that if you love the show that we create and produce ourselves, that Patreon is a great way to support the show. You can pop over to patreon.com slash the whole view. We're doing a book club this month with Peter, who, if you're not following him, Jessica, his name is Foster Dad Flipper, and he is amazing. He was on the show last week. He wrote the book Now I Am Known, which we are going to be reading in the Patreon together. And he will come on to join us for book club review at the end of the month. It's only $1 a month to join. So I hope you'll join us over there. And if not, leaving a review, hitting the follow or subscribe button here definitely helps support the show as well. And I really appreciate it so that others can find us. I want to remind you that you can follow Jessica at The Loving Diet on Instagram, at her website, thelovingdiet.com, where she can work with you for one-on-one appointments and also does coursework. So we'll link to all of that in the show notes. And then I'll also get the stool test information from you. And even just saying that made me blush again. (laughs) I don't know why I'm such a problem with poop. Also, I want to thank our listeners for being willing to be open and to grow through your own personal changes. We might have shaken your core belief today. And I appreciate that you're still here listening and being open to the idea that There could be anything potentially difficult about something that you believe to be the right thing and the idea that AIP could become a crutch for someone and not necessarily a cure is something that might have been triggering upon first seeing or hearing it and I appreciate you being willing to hear what we're trying to teach and listening, learning, and unlearning allows us all to become better versions of ourselves. So thank you for being here. And Jessica, thanks for being on the show, not just this week, but next week as well as we dive deeper and get, we we get a little more big in our topics and unwrap some of the stuff we just kind of started opening the can of worms on here. So thanks again for joining us. Thanks, Stacey.
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.